Welcome to Boss Babies and Bottles, also known as B3, hosted by me, Jessica with a Y, where we talk about how to successfully run a business and capitalize on your strengths while joining motherhood, in my case, twin motherhood, and throwing some crazy shebangs along the way. So pop that bubbly or grab that glass of wine and get ready to unwind. Hey ladies, welcome back to today's episode on Boss Babies and Bottles. Today I have a special guest, my husband, David. He's here with me today. You want to say hi to all the ladies? Hello, hello. So today we're actually going to be talking about uh, the birth story of our twins, uh, which is kind of crazy because it was quite a whirlwind, I would definitely say. I thought it was rather a breeze. (laughs) Yeah, a breeze. I have a breeze for you because you didn't give birth to two kids. All right, so... (laughs) We basically, uh, we were supposed to go in on a Wednesday, wasn't it? It was a Wednesday, yep. Yeah. So we had, we decided that we were going to do dinner on Monday night with some friends. Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, this will be our last dinner the night before. We're going to kind of just chill, just the two of us. And if you know us, then you know that there's always people at our house. Always, always, always. Always. So Monday we did this dinner. We're like, all right, great. Tuesday's going to be calm before we go in because we had to go in at like, 5.30 in the morning and just had a schedule that on Tuesday we had to be in bed by like 6 p.m. (laughs) so we can rest enough. It was not 6 p.m. But I definitely did want to get my rest, my mental rest more than anything Mm -hmm. prior to to doing this. Uh, But then, of course, Tuesday comes around and we have a house full of people. My sister's here. Mom's here. Who else was here? Karina, my best friend, was here. Uh, about 15 people here. No, it was not 15. It was like a mini party. Like five, six people here. Yeah. And then everyone's like, of course, it would be your house to have this many people here the day before. And I'm doing my hair, taking pictures, and my mom's just looking at me like a crazy person as to why I do these things. But basically, everyone's here. I'm like trying to get people out. I really am. And it's at 9 p.m. and we get a call that says to not go in at 5 a.m. because they were full. The hospital called us. And I was so upset. I I was like, what do you mean I can't go in? At the time, like my brain was already kind of set on like going in at the ass crack of dawn that I don't think that I was like mentally prepared for her to be like, well, I'll just call you and let you know when to go in. And I didn't take it as well. At least I can sleep the morning. Like, no, I looked at David and I was like, we're going to wake up and we're going to go anyways. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all right, well, if they're not going to take you and you're just going to sit in the waiting room, at least let's hang out and sleep for an extra couple hours since we probably won't sleep for a long time. Yeah. Which of course we didn't. Um, so Either way, I think we woke up the next day at like six. Mm-hmm. So, okay. We would have had to have been at the hospital at five. We didn't wake up till six. It wasn't terrible. We did better. Probably got the extra two, couple hours. Yeah. Two, two and a half, maybe three hours of sleep. Could have more. been another four or five. But. It could have been, but I chose not to. What can we do? All right. So we wake up anyways. We get ready. We pack everything into the car. And literally right before we go to leave the house, I get a call from the hospital that's like, hey, we're ready for you. And I was like, fantastic. I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> we were. We literally were, we live around the corner from the hospital, so it was great. So we got there at about like 8.30 in the morning. And then as soon as you walk into the hospital, they're checking temperatures, asking you all the crazy COVID questions. And so before we even did that, though, David left me outside of the hospital with all of our stuff. Now, they told all us. All of our stuff. All of our stuff, yes. Because they told us that we had to go into the hospital. And you're not allowed to exit the hospital until you exit with your children. And you could be there for three, four, five days. You have no idea. And yeah, you have no idea. Not even to go get food or anything. So of course that meant that my lovely wife had to pack 17 bags worth of stuff, like two bags per kid and then three for her, you know, 
a toiletry bag for me. That's all I got. And then you whatever You did not else. just get a toiletry bag. You had a whole luggage bag to yourself. Mm. But yes, each of the kids had their own bag. I had like two or three. I needed, I had my breastfeeding bag and I had my personal bag. Then I had the kids' bags and we had your bag. I think that was fine. And we also had pillows because they told us to take pillows. They told us to take toilet paper, but not toilet paper because of COVID. Toilet paper because they said that the hospital toilet paper sucks. I don't even know what nurse told me that. This is how many people we asked questions. Well, I asked questions. Bathroom towels, shower towels. Yes, we took towels. We took took the pillows, which I'm glad we did in the end. We were moving in there, basically. Yes, we moved in like if it was like an Airbnb almost. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and not even because you don't even take half that stuff to an Airbnb. Um, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. So he leaves me outside, right outside the doors of the hospital with all this stuff, pregnant as hell. And somebody from the hospital comes outside and well, tells me. Well, I left me, it because valet parking was closed. Yes, so valet parking was closed. He had to go we park the car. Not, yes, <laughs> I should clarify that. No, he did not. Clarification disclaimer. He did not just leave me in front of the hospital mm-hmm. to give birth. He went to go park the car in the garage. But he left me there with all the stuff because it was far away. <laughs> so he wouldn't have to walk with all that stuff. So someone from the hospital comes from the inside out to me and is like, are you giving birth today? And I was like, yeah, I'm just waiting for my husband. And they're like, no, you come in here. We're going to get you a wheelchair. You're going to be fine. And they take me into the AC. It was hot, right? Yeah, it was June. It was hot. June, yeah, we were hot. I was hot. And so they take me inside. And then they, they leave all of our stuff outside. And I'm like freaking out. I call David and I'm like, hey, all of our personal belongings are outside. Like, where are you? He's like, I'm walking back, I swear. So <laughs> he gets there. He brings all of our stuff. And it took you like two or three trips to bring oh, yeah. it all in. Easy. With all 17 bags we had. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, he took a picture of all of our stuff. So for those of you that want to know, maybe one day we'll post it. The, maybe not. That could be the, the face of the podcast. The face of the podcast will yeah. be the picture of all my things. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. And so whatever. So cases. <laughs> they do the COVID test on the both of us. They check our IDs. I'm in a wheelchair. And um, this this amazingly older lady is helping us. The volunteer. Yes, one of the volunteers. She's like, oh, I'll help you go upstairs. And we're like, okay, great, because obviously we have 17 bags. Mm -hmm. So we get to the elevator, though, and there's a big sign that says only two people per elevator. And obviously... Or three at this point, Dave and myself and the, and the, the lady, the ladies helping us. And of course, our 17 bags and our two unborn children. So at this point, mm-hmm. I think we even made the joke that we were five in the elevator. <laughs> and so she comes in and she's, and she's speaking Spanish to us. And she's like, I just don't understand these rules. How are we supposed to help you guys? And I'm like, we don't either. So we have masks on, by the way, this whole time, you know, because that's obviously something else that's going on in these hospitals. And so we finally get up there. They take us to triage. So labor and delivery triage. I thought that's where we were going to be, but that's not where we were. They took us to an actual room, like a delivery room. And I didn't realize that that was a delivery room, but that was like a delivery bed and they had the Mm -hmm. lights and the things for the legs and like movie style delivery rooms, Mm -hmm. you know? So it was pretty crazy. And so we took the, so they were going to induce me and they gave me, they were going to give me these like little series of pills that you would put under the tongue and under my tongue, it would just kind of dissolve. It was very chalky, but they gave me the, they didn't give me the first one until 1145 in the morning. So you can imagine we get there at 1130 and a lot of it was waiting. Like once we checked in, we got there we at 830. Whole, yeah, we got there at 830. That's what I said. And then, then oh, what did I say? 1130? 1130, Sorry. Yeah. 830. And it didn't give me the first pill under my tongue until 1145. And the only reason was, was because I looked at David and I said, go out there and tell him to give it to me already. Cause I went in with the mentality that I was having those kids that day, guys. I literally did. I went in with like this set mentality of <laughs> I'm giving birth and I'm doing this. So it's 11:45, And so they give me the first pill and nothing happens. 
Nothing they, at all. Yeah, nothing at all. They give me three of those things, and they have to give it to me. Do you remember how many hours yeah, apart? Like three or four hours. Three or four, four hours. hours. Goes. Something like that. It was crazy. I think it was three. Maybe it was three. I don't know. But they give it to me three times. It's the nighttime at this point, and nothing has happened. And I'm starving. They've only given me, what, two or three little chicken broth things and yeah. a jello yep. or two. And you can't eat in case, I, God forbid, you have to have a, a surgery. C-section. Yeah. But, of course, at this point, I'm, like, nowhere near delivery. And if you guys know me, I'm an eater, and they were just giving me liquid. Literally, I was on a clear liquid diet. It, it was terrible. So, at that time of the night, um, the doctor, we call the doctor, and... I ask him if I can have dinner, and he's like, yeah, just order something or get something. They didn't bring me anything. We actually had to get food, Yeah, um, which was, I thought, weird. Somebody told me that they should have brought us dinner. But either way, we get food. You know, I eat. Uh, we have chicken kitchen is what we end up eating because yep. that was the fastest and easiest thing close to the hospital we could get. Um, and it was late already, I want to say. And the doctor was actually there, so he came in to see us in the end. We wanted to speak to him over the phone, but he ended up coming in because... His wife ended up having contractions. She was actually pregnant with their fifth kid, and she was supposed to be induced on Saturday, and she was giving birth that day. She yep. was induced on Saturday because she was going to be 41 weeks. Correct. So, so she, she was, was already passed. A few passed. days early, yep. Yeah. So it was, well, help, not early. it was helpful having the doctor there. Yeah, it was super great. He, he was there. He came in, and we like spoke to us, and he's like, yeah, have dinner. It'll be fine. And like he had just left us a few hours prior, mm-hmm. right? And he had told us that he was going to dinner. We went from dinner back to the hospital because his wife was going to go into labor. Yeah. They went to dinner and she was feeling bad. And so they came back. and <laughs> She gave birth, guys, in three hours. So that same night. She's a professional. She was a professional. This is their fifth kid. <laughs> hmm. And, of course, we're still there. Nowhere near giving birth, by the way. <laughs> so then um, they put me on Pitocin through the night. And I start getting contractions. And that was obviously the most painful part of the whole thing because the pain had started coming, but it was very sporadic and it wasn't, there had, there was no time to it. It would just come and go and come and go and come and go. So as I told you guys, I kind of went in with the mentality of I'm having these kids tonight. At this point, it's nighttime. So I know I'm not having them at that night at this point, obviously, but I'm still trying to do things to induce labor. So like they brought me like the big bounce balls. Mm-hmm. What are those balls called? Those yeah, these are my gyms. Yeah, sure. those big those big bouncy balls. The ones that people like sit on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody knows what those labor balls are. So I'm like bouncing on that. I'm like doing squats. I'm like stretching. I have this big belly and I'm just like doing all these exercises. I was in freaking my... out. Every single time she did one of those, like I was like, wait, I'm here to ca- catch the kid in case it slips out. <laughs> and no kid ever slipped out, sadly. I would have liked that actually. Mm-hmm. I probably would have because I really wanted, <laughs> really wanted to do this. So I'm like, so I'm on this bouncy ball and I'm trying to do all these things. And then eventually I get tired and I'm going through contractions, but I end up falling asleep on the bounce ball. So I push, you know, those hospital tables, the ones that roll, I ended up pushing that against the bed. So it wouldn't roll. And I slept on the bounce ball with like leaning on, like if it was a desk, I used Mm -hmm. the table as a desk and I just kind of leaned on it while sitting on the bounce ball. That's how I slept that night. I mean, God knows how much we actually slept. No, like an hour here, hour yeah. there. I mean, they, they, they check in on you every... Right? Yeah, of course. And there's always so people often. coming in. Mm-hmm. And you slept on the couch, which looked very comfortable, actually. It was pretty comfortable, actually. I yeah. wanted to stick at home afterwards. Yeah. And <laughs> so it's funny because in the, in the labor room, the bed sucked. The couch was great. And then in our recovery, not a recovery room, our actual hospital room after yeah. we gave birth, it was opposite. My bed was great. Your couch was terrible. Yeah, the couch was horrible. Horrible. But I was going to sleep standing up. <laughs> he would have. And, and we were there for four nights, so yeah. he slept there for a while. 
Um, so I slept on that bouncy ball, which was crazy. And then we're both sleeping. It's, you know, it was about six ish in the morning. And all of a sudden I wake up David and I'm like, babe, my water just broke. I think I'm peeing my pants. And he's like, how do you know your water broke? I'm like, well, it's either that my water broke or I'm literally just peeing in my pants and I can't hold it. And it was like 6.30 in the morning. And by pants, I mean my hospital gown because I really had no pants on. And I'm literally walking to the bathroom as I am literally leaking. And I can't hold it no matter what I do, <laughs> which sounds terrible. But I'm literally like just running over to the bathroom and, you know, it's like a, like a, like a steady stream. It wasn't even like, it wasn't like the movies. No, it wasn't like the movies, and I was like, like this is not very adult of you to pee in your pants. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't even, I, I had a feeling that was my water breaking, because I had no idea what that felt like, but that's pretty much what it felt like, I guess, ish. So the nurse comes in, obviously there's a lot of commotion at six something in the morning in my room, and I'm starting to get like much heavier contractions, they're spiking up the Pitocin every once in a while. I think it was every hour they could lift it. I think it was every hour yeah. that they could bring it up. Because they have to bring it up slowly. They can't just put you on it hardcore. And so they're checking me to see if I'm dilated and I'm not. And that was probably the most frustrating part. Mm -hmm. So then they upped to the Pitocin again. And finally I got up to three Ten centimeters yeah, dilated like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from one turn to another. So we got super excited there. Because that was quick. Because it was quick. Yeah, it was like from one, you know, from one hour to the next. And then the following time, I think the most I ever dilated was four centimeters. I didn't mm -hmm. even get past that. No. Um, but they did have to stop my Pitocin twice because Alejandro was having a reaction to the Pitocin. Yeah, his heartbeat was, uh, I guess, increasing. or Increasing, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was having a, a negative reaction. He was, um, it was causing too much stress on him, the Pitocin, the putting me in labor. So the first time they did it, I don't think even you or I quite understood what happened. They kind of did. They came in. They told us something he, that he was having a reaction. They turned off the Pitocin. And then we were like, okay, what happened? Then we started asking more questions. And they're like, but we're going to try it again. Mm -hmm. And then, so we did it again. And then the Pitocin, again, they can only bring up every hour. So it was a super slow process to get me back to where I was. Correct. And again, I'm having contractions all this time. So finally, they're like, well, let's give her the epidural. Um, so she can either have the epidural now or she can wait, um, a little bit longer, but we don't know because of all the reactions. So we get the epidural and then they tell us that even if I had to go in for a C-section, that they could use the epidural line mm -hmm. instead of doing another line for the C-section. So we're like, okay, so it's going to be dual function here. So I get it. It's actually not that bad. At least my anesthesiologist was, she was great. Though. She was great. Yeah. Wendy, bless your soul from Memorial West. Um, she was awesome. She, um, she put it, she had me sit there. My, because the water had broken on Ariela and not Alejandro, my hips were not aligned because I didn't have the same liquid on one side as the other. Uh, but she was still able to get that epidural in exactly where it was supposed to. It did not hurt. At least I don't remember it hurting at all. But again, you're in contraction. So, you know, what hurts more, the epidural line or the contractions? I guess you have to pick. So basically we get that in. And then Alejandro has the reaction uh, to the Pitocin again. I really thought with the epidural, I remember even having a reaction to it and looking at David and telling him that something wasn't right because I wasn't feeling well. I don't take medications, so I really thought I was on cloud nine with that epidural. It was the weirdest thing I had ever felt because you don't feel anything. You're awake, you're, you're there, but you don't feel anything. You feel like you're floating. And coming from someone who's never done any kind of sort of anything in her life, it's like... 
it was just such the weirdest feeling to get an epidural. And I had heard that before, but having felt it was very different. I was actually very scared. And I remember telling the nurse and telling David and the anesthesiologist came back in and she's like, that's normal. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't feel normal. <laughs> um, so it was really crazy. But uh, once Alejandro had the second reaction to the Pitocin and I was dilated the four centimeters and we had stayed there, the doctor came in and checked me and had told us that Ariela, our daughter, which was baby A, had kind of shifted a tad and she wasn't 100% centered. Because again, her water was broken, but not his. So he must have just bumped her a tad or something around those lines. So now she wasn't 100% centered. And it was about 5 o'clock the next day, guys. So you have to imagine, we've been here yeah. a day and a half. Mm -hmm. And we were both exhausted by this point in time, having gone through God knows how many nurses, drugs, <laughs> time, no sleep. I mean, we're just here. And then the shift of the, of the nurses would end at 7 p.m. So at this point, I feel like we had to make a decision as to which route we wanted to take. Yeah, it was a pretty easy decision, though. I mean, once, once the um, Ariela wasn't necessarily in the canal the way she should have been, and Alejandro started having reactions to, to the Pitocin, you know, the, the, we talk, spoke to a doctor, and, and it was basically, you know, risk-reward, right? Do we risk continuing, continuing to go the way we're going and, and everything happening uh, perfectly okay? Or do we not risk that mm -hmm. and, and have a C-section and, and almost for certain guarantee that they'll be fine yeah. rather than something happening or rather than an emergency C-section. That's the one thing that I kept saying. I do not want my wife to go through an emergency C-section. Whatever direction we go with, I want it to be planned and, and, and so forth. So Yeah. So up at this point, you know, I'm in 30-ish hours of labor and kind of look at each other and then we talk to the doctor and I, you know, we talked about the possible C-section. I remember calling my grandmother and asking her, you know, her thoughts. And she was like, you have to do whatever you think is best. And my gut just kept telling me, go with a C-section. Like, you know, your son's having issues. Like, it's not, this isn't worth it. You know, there's no, you're not proving to anybody about doing it naturally. It just is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? I carried twins, 38 weeks full term. I mean, that's the best that I could have done. My body did a great job. And so we spoke to each other and we kind of decided that that's what we were going to do. And so then the madness began, guys. Like that was literally madness. It was insane. From the moment that decision was made, I said, well, how long do we have for this to begin? Doctor's like, well, in about 15 minutes. So I said, okay, fine. We have a bunch of stuff there, all our bags, of course. And then the nurse comes in and says, well, you have to take all your bags out and organize it and put it on this cart because you may or may not come back to this room. I'm like, okay, well... We've kind of unpacked some things, and it's been kind of crazy in here, a day and a half. Nevertheless, have to play Bellman and Tetris and organize these things into a tiny cart. <laughs> all the while, bags. yeah. All the while, there's like it seemed like ten nurses, I kid you not, walking in, lights everywhere, look like a out of a movie, getting just prepared. All right, I'm gonna put this line here, this there. We're gonna change you here, and and then we're gonna roll you into the OR. And I'm just like, what in the world's going on here? While I'm trying to pack our bags onto a cart. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. We went from the doctor and one nurse in our room to like a gazillion people. Like ten in the people, room. yeah. Yeah, it was not. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden, you know, poor David's like packing our bags, getting everything organized. Um, I'm pretty sure they were doing things to me, like checking all yeah, my all your vitals. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. they were just checking me, getting lines. me ready, all, yeah. everything. And then it was time to go. It was time to go in no time. You know, and I remember looking at the nurse that we had that day, remember? And I was like, you're going to be there, right? Yeah, she was super sweet. We wanted to make sure she was part of it. So that's another reason why when, when Jess wanted to make the decision and we decided to do it, we did it before her shift ended. Yeah. So we did this all before 
um, the seven o'clock shift, which is what, you know, we had want, what I had wanted. I wanted to make sure that we didn't have, you know, any other nurse or random person come in, but the person we had been dealing with, you know, all day. So they start to rush us out at this point, which was pretty crazy, but, um, they, we had to wear masks, um, in the OR and everything. So towards the OR and in the OR. So David, I had signed him up for a daddy daycare, no, a daddy boot, daddy camp, boot camp class where before, I learned a lot, <laughs> where he learned a lot prior to the delivery of these kids, prior to COVID. So this was all pretty early, which he was yelling at me for having to do it so early. But now you're glad you did because we didn't get to do it as of March. It was crazy. We didn't get to do any yeah. classes after that. But anyways, so we're rush, getting rushed or whatever. We realized we had forgotten our mask. So David's going and grabbing the masks. And from his daddy boot camp class, they taught him to put mm. Vicks under well, his nose. Many things. But they did say <laughs> that if the baby is born natural... You know, if you have a sensitive nose or you're sensitive to certain smells, you may want to put Vicks or something like that or something. Now, that's a Hispanic thing. Yeah. Because well, Vicks, I mean, really? It could be anything. So I, I, I said, well, yeah, that makes complete sense, right? You don't really know what's going to happen when, when these little humans just shoot out of there. So anyhow, I brought lavender with me. And so David I, takes lavender with him everywhere. It helps soothe you. Yes. Soothe. It helps soothe, <laughs> it helps soothe you. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, so she's getting rushed. I'm like, you know, trying to get my surgical outfit thing, look like an astronaut space shoot, space shuttle thing. And by on, that, he just means his hospital gown. Like all at the same time, as they're trying to wheel her out and they're asking for her mask, she doesn't have her mask. I'm like, wait, here, take my mask. But I had just put lavender in my mask. But I put, a, you know, a fair amount thinking that By this fair could, amount, he meant he drowned me in lavender. Well, I, I was thinking this could go on for an hour, right? So, I mean, the lavender wears off and I don't really want to smell anything that I, I don't want to smell. So, I gave her my mask and that was, you know, really nice of me. And all the nurses were like, wow, that's so sweet of you. And then, apparently, like, my wife almost had a heart attack from all the lavender. <laughs> Y'all can't see me. I'm shaking my head right now. He literally drowned me in lavender. As we're going to the OR, they're rolling me to the OR. I'm super... I feel drugged, by the way, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm super out of it. My reaction, I think, to the epidural and the drugs was um, really intense. So like I'm really out of it, but I realized I cannot breathe. And I'm like super suffocating and the nurses are like, oh my God, he's so sweet. He gave you his mask. And I'm like, no, please listen to me. I'm drowning in lavender. And they're not listening because they think he's so sweet. That for putting lavender, that was, that was nice. Put lavender in your mask. <laughs> I know. It was nice, except for it was too much. And I was drowning and I couldn't breathe. So they go, and you put lavender in your mask too. So then I put a bunch of lavender in mine. And then as soon as I put it on, I was like, whoa, this is really strong. I can't even this breathe. This is really strong. Yeah, he realized. Thank God. <laughs> so. so they got me a new mask, thankfully. Mm -hmm. And they roll me into the OR, but they tell David to stay outside. Just for a while, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like 15 until, minutes until yeah, they prepped you. Yeah, until I was ready. Like yeah, until you're ready. Which I didn't understand what that meant, which we'll talk about in a second. So I'm in there, and I'm laying there, and it's exactly what you see in the movie. It's a white room, a thousand people, bright lights. You know, it's exactly what you see. And I'm laying there, and they make you wear your glasses because it's a, it's a surgery. I wear contacts. So I'm wearing my glasses, and then I'm fogging myself up between the mask and my glasses. And my epidural lady, my, Wen <laughs> my anesthesiologist, yep. Wendy, bless her soul she goes she goes oh i have the same problem don't worry i have a solution so she gets a piece of duct tape out of i don't know where and tapes my mask onto my nose it did solve the problem it was really hard to take that off um but it was fine so i'm glad that she did it but um basically i had a piece of duct tape on my nose um it was great and so i'm laying there and i'm falling asleep guys like i i have these drugs in me and i'm out of it and i'm just like i'm falling asleep i don't feel a thing 
you know, the, the, again, the drugs have me super high at this point. And then I'm like, oh, okay, finally David comes in. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. He's finally here. And I think I'm talking to you. I don't even know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know what's funny? Like, so our doctor, our, her OB is a super cool guy. You know, not too old, not too young. He gets it. He's, you know, a forward thinker, you know, yeah. let, 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 let the body heal kind of person. Not mm -hmm. just, I'm not just going to butcher you up or anything like that. So we're having a conversation while we're both waiting to go inside for about 10 minutes. I mean, this is a guy who, who we've even talked about hanging out, you know, after this is all over and all that stuff. So all of a sudden he's getting ready to go in. He's washing his hands in front of me. And I'm like, doctor, you know, he has his, um, his pocket protector, I guess, you know, has his pens and his notepad. And I'm like, like um, a little pocket in his, um, in his shirt pocket. Yeah. has like pens and stuff like that in his shirt pocket, whatever. I in his scrubs. In his, in his scrubs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I know you probably know this, but just, you know, friendly reminder. I'm like, you have that stuff in your pocket. You know, if you're leaning over to, to, you know, to do the surgery, what happens if one of those things like bloop just kind of falls in her stomach and now we have a problem. <laughs> And so <laughs> he's just thinking that David thinks about yeah liability right you have to <laughs> protect her whatever so he was really cool he laughs it off he said no don't worry they they basically I just stick my hands out and they dress me basically right before I actually and know. I told David this that the doctors are like like uh, what did I tell him like started, no or? rock stars yeah they like walk in they dress them they do everything for them they sit down they do their thing and they leave they mm -hmm. really don't do much. Mm -hmm. The nurses really do everything. Not that they don't really do much. I should never say that because yeah. let me tell you, my my surgery went really well. And I do thank my doctor for that. He is um, Cuban-Russian, this mm -hmm. man. He is looks Russian, speaks Russian, but then he also speaks Spanish really well. Speaks Obviously, Cuban. Obviously, he speaks, speaks Cuban. Cuban. He grew up in Cuba. Yeah. And then has been here and did his all his doctor stuff here, which was crazy, all his schooling. So David comes in at this point, And I think we're talking. And then all of a sudden comes the cry like that was it it was like what like two yeah, three minutes later yeah i was in there for maybe less than 10 minutes i didn't know what to expect i thought i was gonna yeah. i was gonna go in there and then they were gonna start that was not the case no they, they already, had already had, started me yeah i walk in and there's lights it felt like like literally you were in a concert i mean so many lights and like must have been like 10 or 12 people in there because you had three nurses per child and we have two so um and then you have the anesthesiologist you have the surgeon who's assisting the ob who's conducting the surgery and then the team then, of nurses for me yeah exactly so and so i'm walking for into each all of the this kids, the team for me the doctor the doctor's helper the other I hear, doctor all i hear is like zzz, like if it was a saw i hear beep 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 beep, beep oh, a bunch Jesus. of machines and lights everywhere i don't remember that and i'm like what in the world is going on here oh my god and the nurse is like guiding me almost by my hand so i don't like trip over or hit something or accidentally kick a doctor who's you know cutting her or something so anyways oh jesus we get there yes and i'm already open Open, which is yeah. crazy yeah. i didn't even know that they were doing it mind you i'm sitting behind a curtain like i don't see anything thank god i didn't have to see it <laughs> i wanted to see but i they put a curtain they don't let you see you ask um but like i said like literally i think you were in there for a few minutes and yeah. the kids were and then all of a sudden i hear and it was ariel i knew it was her because we were always going to pull her out first you know i hear her crying and i'm just like oh my god that's it mm -hmm. they already cut me open they did all that stuff and i was like they must have started before all these thoughts are going through my head as like the, the kids coming out and I'm, I was very out of it again because of these drugs. And the first thing that the nurse does is bring me Ariela to show me her tongue tie, to show me that her tongue is, is tied to the bottom of her mouth. And, that we, and she was like, Hey, just so you know, she has this. And I was like, Oh wow, look, that's my daughter. Mm -hmm. Thank you for showing her to me and giving her to me. And she didn't, she just showed her to me for like 10 seconds while she was crying with her mouth wide open and took her away from me. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. And it's crazy how your like fatherly or motherly instincts kick in because 
throughout all this, I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to be super chill, that super chill, super chill about everything, blah, 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 yeah. all good. And all of a sudden, you hear the first one, and one nurse is carrying the baby. And in my head, I'm like, don't drop her, don't drop her, carry her properly, what's wrong with you? And then yeah. you hear the second cry and the second baby and, and all this stuff. And they're talking, and you just hear all these conversations among nurses, weights, um, measurements, blood pressure for your child. And you're there, you know, at least I was like, like a hawk, you know, like, my kids, and don't mess up. Yeah, and I remember, I mean, I've told David like 20,000 times before this moment happened, you do, you leave me, you don't leave the kids. Like, no matter what happens, you go with the kids, you follow them, you know? Yeah. Assuming because we had twins, so the probability of NICU was, was very high. So we knew that. So, like, just going in, like, you're going to follow them, you're going to watch them. Because, and I was so out of it, I don't remember hearing anything about weight or anything. I remember Ariela coming out, I remember the crying, and then... Sec I felt like seconds later, yeah, Alejandro maybe 30 came seconds out. later. Mm -hmm. Literally, it was 6 and 6.01. So if you guys remember, right, we told you that it was around 5-ish that we made the decision for the C-section. Mm -hmm. And it's already, the kids are born at 6 and 6.01. That's how ridiculously fast all of this was. Mm -hmm. You know, it was insane. And so they came over, they brought Alejandro and Ariela over. We took pictures with them. It was so sweet. Yeah, and really then cute. they decided to put the kids next to each other. Well, first they started doing the scale, the weighing him and oh, so forth. And so yeah, you were there for Alejandro that. was supposed to weigh around 5.7 pounds and Ariela like 5.1, 5.2, according to all the ultrasounds, which of course there is a margin of error. So when they finally weigh them in, she weighs in at, at I believe it's like 5.7 five, five, or 5.6 mm -hmm. and he weighs in at 4.1. So my initial reaction to a nurse was like, of course, your scale's broken. You have to weigh him again. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's not. And so then they put them side by side. And I was like, holy crap. I'm like, he's tiny compared to her, which yeah. was kind of scary. At that point, I kind of freaked out. Yep. And she, they had put it, they had, I feel like they had cleaned or they had cleaned him up and they hadn't cleaned her up. I don't know. It was just weird. And, but it was such a sweet thing because when they put them next to each other, we have this one gorgeous photo oh, yeah. where Ariela is literally holding up Alejandro's chin with her hand. Yeah. Um, and it's the cutest thing. It's kind of like she knew she had to take care of him because he was so much smaller than her. And, you know, we took the photos and then they right away took Alejandro to yeah, the nurse NICU. nurse came up to me and said, hey, I'm so-and-so head nurse of the NICU. And as soon as she introduced herself, I knew what was happening, that, you know, Alejandro was, was too small and they were going to have to take him. So lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So yeah. We but before that, we did the umbilical cords. I, I, we're getting this a little bit backwards. Oh, I don't okay, remember yeah. what exactly happened. But the umbilical cords, I remember laying there. And again, I'm completely out of it. I don't hear a lot of things. But one of the things I did hear was the nurse saying, she looks at David and she goes, Dad, do you want to cut the umbilical cords? And I was a little iffy on it because I, you know, I'm, I'm not a science person. I'm more of a business guy. And so science kind of freaks me out. Hospitals freak me out. Not a fan of blood. None of that. Anything <laughs> to do with hospital, blood, doctor. I, I run the other direction. So I had even told her, like, would you be upset if I choose not to cut the umbilical cord? You know, it's kind of gross, right? And um, and I would have been upset, yes. So the nurse asks David, and I'm the one that responds first. I'm like, yes, yes, he's going to cut it. He's going to cut it right now. And he goes, and he he said yes, too. So I really, I really can't complain. He said he I thought I was going to say no, but I ended up saying yes. Because Those are our kids. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, they're our kids. So anyway, so he cuts the umbilical cord. I cut the umbilical cord. Oh, on you a, cut Ariela's on, first. On Ariela. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this was kind of gooey. It was like cutting like a really, really thick rubber band. I was like... Kind of gross, but okay, I'm done, whatever. And I didn't think I was going to have to cut his because I'm like, oh, you do one, two, or a hundred. It's probably the same thing, right? And I kept telling the nurse, I was like, this isn't like the final, right? Like you're giving, like, a, you know, you have some margin of error, right? You know, talk about liability, <laughs> things like that, business, right? So I'm like, if I mess up my cut, my daughter's not going to end up with a messed up belly button or, or God forbid something wrong happening. And they're laughing at me in the middle of all this while you hear, beep, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> saying, no, you're cutting it. And then afterwards, we're going to cut it. 
as you know really close to the skin and we're gonna make sure everything is good i'm like okay perfect so then, then i'll cut it I'll, I'll agree to doing it i cut hers <laughs> and it was kind of gross but i did it and it was whatever um and i'm glad i did it because that's that's my daughter and then when it came time to cutting his i cut it and it was that was really gross because a bunch of blood just gushed out everywhere like yeah. the nurse got it on her gown i got it on my gown and i guess like, they must have clamped it incorrectly i don't know there's like yeah there's like five of us that had blood from his yep. blue cord, and it didn't even cut all the way and i was like ah oh, i felt like saying, to do it again. i felt like, I was like oh, you just finished this i'm good you know <laughs> i was like i got enough blood on me I, I did it i did it for like one one and a half kids you can, just, <laughs> one and a half kids. You can finish the rest off for me how but, many kids do you have one and a half <laughs> But whatever, I ended up deciding I'll, I'll proceed. So I just closed my eyes and hope for the best and hope no more blood got on me and, and finish the job. Yes, you finished the job. Good job, babe. <laughs> David comes up to me and he tells me, you know, that Alejandro has to go to the NICU. And, and I looked at him and I was like, it's fine. Yeah, go. You, you go, you know. And Ariela was with me, you know, during those seconds while he left. She was still bundled up on me. And then they took her away from me because they told me I had to keep running some tests and things like that on her. So now it was so fast. Everyone left. I was literally by myself on the other side of the curtain and I was super drowsy. I'm like trying to stay up now that all the excitement is gone. And all of a sudden I hear one of the nurses say, doctor, where's the other placenta? And my head, I'm like, again, I'm like half asleep, half dreamy. And I'm like, oh, great. They left the other placenta in there. Now they got to cut me back open. Mm. Mind you, and this is, my thoughts are that slow. Like, I'm not even thinking fast because I'm so drowsy. I'm like, now they have to cut me open again and take it out. They talk, How did they forget the other placenta in there? And I'm like having these thoughts and the doctor's like, and I hear them, the doctor saying, he's like, no, we didn't leave it in there. Everything's came out. I checked it all myself. Da, 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 da. And they're like going through it. And then all of a sudden I hear the doctor he finally sees the placenta he took out and he's like, this is two placentas. They must have fused during pregnancy. And I'm like, I wanted to be like, I wanted somebody to like talk to me and I wanted to be like, can I see? But they did not let me see. Um, well, nobody even talked to me. So I guess it doesn't even matter. It's not like I, I could even ask, but the doctor surgically um, cut the two the placentas and divided them again because we had purchased the AmeriCorps for the storage of the placentas as well as the umbilical and all the other uh, fun stuff that comes with babies for the stem cells. So he surgically cut through the placentas and separated them so that we could send them. And so he did a surgery within a surgery, basically, <laughs> uh, which was nuts. And finally, somebody came to the other side of the curtain and asked me how I was. And I was like, I'm really, really drowsy. And they're like, yeah, that's the drugs. It's okay. We're going to be taking you into the recovery room. And you'll probably be there for about two hours. And we're hoping that your husband can meet you there at that time. Which, did you meet me in the recovery room or in our room in the end? No, in the uh, the room that we were in right the re- before the, the, uh-huh. the Exactly. So he came into my original room, which was the recovery room. Because they didn't transfer us to our room until 9. So I was in my room again, guys, by 7 p.m. So granted, to following the timeline here, 5.30-ish, we made the decision. 6 and 6.01, these kids are born. And I'm in my room, I want to say it was by like 6.45, 6.50. I remember looking at the time, it was before 7 o'clock. And we were in our, second, in our, in our permanent room by 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. It was insane on how fast everything mm-hmm. was. And, you know, with David going into the NICU and Alejandro being, you know, obviously admitted in there, you know, that's going to be a whole other story that we're going to do yeah. on the NICU process. And, and we're so thankful to have our son here home with us, obviously. He was there for eight days. And we just wanted to go through the whirlwind of giving birth and that craziness. 
of the birth story where I thought I was peeing my pants, but <laughs> comes to find out it was just my water breaking. <laughs> Thanks ladies so much for joining on this episode of Boss Babies in Bottles. We will see you guys on the next one. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents and at canal.twins. I promise you, something's always happening.